morning. As you can see, Pastor Dell is not here with us this morning. But we are so fortunate to be in a network where we have as many pastors and ministers who can step in when he's not here and present the word to us without missing a beat. Amen? Amen. So they asked me, they said, Ron, we need you to, to introduce him this morning. And like I said before, you know, you don't introduce somebody to your brother. You know, this is my sister right here. You know, I'm going to introduce you to him. You know, this is my uncle who I've known all my life. I'm going to welcome him and his wife and his congregation. And I ask that you'll stand with me as we welcome Pastor John Lewis and Sister Lewis and the congregation from Wayne World. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Come on, you can be seated this morning. Amen. I know it's traditionally that you stand for the reading of the scripture. Amen. But um, I'm just honored to be here and I thank God for this opportunity. Uh, amen. Because I've been here on several other occasions and I uh, was thanking God that I get the opportunity to come back because, amen, I really felt like, my God, the last few times I was here, man, I was nervous. Um, and the reason for, not because of the congregation of anything, but the, the responsibility that was given to me to step up here in Pastor Absence, which is Pastor Apostle Dale, he's my spiritual father. We, I've been a part of the network, I assume, for about 10 years now. And um, he's really have radically changed my life and the direction that I was going in for his pastoring. And... Um, that is what I want to share with you a little bit about. But before I do, let me say I do want to honor God who's head of my life. And thank God for my lovely wife, LaVon Lewis. Come on in and thank God for her. And thank God for Apostle Dale, the man of this house, amen, and, and his lovely wife, amen. Praise God because, amen, without him, I'm telling you, man, I don't know about you, but I thank God for, for uh, Christ and I thank God for Apostle Dale because, as I was saying, he really has impacted my life. Uh, because a few times that I came, I mean, I was in this transition period of transformation where I was uh, moving from the mixture of law and grace and trying to embrace the totality of what grace was. Amen. And I don't know, and as I was talking to Pastor Dale the other day, I told him, I said that, you know, I, I, I don't know, I can't be like other pastors as if I had it all together. That, you know, I knew all this stuff before he just started preaching and teaching the way he had been teaching because I did not. As a matter of fact, I began to battle with, with some of the very things he was teaching. Because when you when you indoctrinate it with law and you understand it so. That when you get uh, impacted with the freedom and liberty of grace. It becomes to a point that you, you, you're like, where this can't be true. It, it's, it's too good. It's, it's, it's too easy. And uh, as I stand here today, um, me and Apostle have talked some, but we're not that much. But I, I can share something with you that if you're not careful, you would think that Apostle told me everything perhaps that was going on here. Because you know why? As a pastor, I experienced those same, the same things. Because when I start preaching the message of grace, I immediately became up against opposition. 
I had people to exit my ministry. Um, I had all kind of things to happen. And you get exhausted. And that's why I'm telling you, you ought to always pray for, your, pray for our pastor. Because as an apostle, amen, he is on the front line. Amen. He had to take on territories and he has taken on levels of the enemy that we'll, we'll probably never face. Because he's a pioneer. And we have to embrace, amen, what God is doing through him. Amen. But then as a pastor, I understood, amen, um, well, I didn't understand, I did not understand at first what I was getting myself into. Because once I became, I mean, because it's been about, it's been at least five years that I've been going through this transition, transitioning, understanding the grace of God and, and trying to, amen, okay, God, because I'm a, I'm a student of the word. I like to search the scripture. I like to make sure, amen, that what I'm, that, that what I'm believing is what the word of God is declaring. Amen. So for about five years, so, so, so right quickly, amen, because this is not my message, but I want to share this with you. Amen. But right quickly, amen, what I did was for about the last five years, I've heard every sermon you have heard. As a matter of fact, I probably have heard more than you. Because unlike a lot of people, amen, praise God, I still go back and in, 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 in from 2016 and recount some of the messages that he preached back then. Because here's the thing, you don't get it all. And the problem in the church is that we hear the message one time and we feel like we, we got it. But it, you, we have to become a student of the word. That means we have to go back and we have to really study because, amen, if you cannot defend what you believe, then you become useless for the cause. See, it's not enough to set up in the house of God and just say amen to what is being preached. But I got to be able to articulate that which I have heard. Because you must understand that a lot of your friends, a lot of the people that you know in churches they go to, amen, that they're still in the mixture of law and grace. And when you try to witness to them and invite them and tell them, if you're not, if you're not skillful in the word, then all of a sudden, amen, you leave yourself open, open for hurt. And if you're not careful, they'll convince you to plan your exit. Come on, somebody. I mean, can I just talk to you today? Because what I have seen as a pastor, amen, and teaching the grace matches has been that people will plan their exit on you as if they are walking with you. And the reason why is because they don't understand, amen, uh, the, the whole, the whole uh, logistics of what God did between the Old Testament and the New. I promise you, I've talked to a lot of pastors. I, there's, there's been pastors even of our network that could not even embrace what apostle was teaching. Because you hear it and do I just go along with it or do I fully embrace it and say, God, I understand this. Because remember, if I can't articulate, if I can't go back and be a witness for Christ for the very thing that I believe, then what good am I? 
Because see, when the message of grace is being preached and we understand our freedom and our liberty, the first thing happens is that, amen, we forget our commission. Because we walk away and say that, you know, I understand the freedom. Okay, wow. I mean, God done did this for me and he did this. And we just want to enjoy the freedom. But we don't want to, I mean, we don't, if you really embrace the freedom that you understand from the liberty that grace uh, bring us, then you ought to want to share that with someone. So really, do a hard check this morning. How often, how many times do I really share this gospel, this message of grace with others? Or do I find myself in a place just hiding out because I really don't want no one to know what we really preach over here? Amen? So for the last five years, I have went back, study. Um, I have looked at all of the, the sermons. Like I said, I've, every sermon you hear, I hear. At some point or another during the week, I went back, listened. I keep going back, listen. I go back, uh, oh my God, 2016. I mean, how many remember the message that Apostle preached, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Hmm? Amen. But his, his teaching has radically changed my life. I'm talking about, amen, it gives me the boldness to be able to stand up and, and, and declare what the word of God really says to the body. But we have to be careful that we don't, by way of lack of, 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 of understanding, allow others to talk us out of what we really know of what we've really been taught here in the house. There is a, a saying that we do at Rhema that I say every Sunday before, before I get up and preach, so I'm going to read it to you. We say this every Sunday as I, we, we get up and minister the word of God. We talk about living the grace life, and that's another thing. Just like apostle, I get people looking at me telling me, oh, here we go again. Another grace message. There's got to be something else in the Bible, isn't it? Well, we know that grace is a person. That is Jesus. So what do you want me to preach about? What do you want me to preach about? Amen. So we have this saying that God give me as I was sitting down thinking about grace and all the different messages and things that I heard apostle preach and how to impact my life. Amen. So we, so God give me this, I mean, living the grace life. And so what is the grace life? Living life without shame, guilt, fear, and condemnation. Living life without shame, guilt, fear, and condemnation. The grace life is living life without regrets. The grace life is living your God life. I mean, I, do you people go around talking about living my best life? Your best life may not be God, your God life. Amen. So, amen. I want to, I mean, we say that the grace life is living your God life. The grace life is waking up each and every day knowing that whatever happens today, God got me. Come on, somebody. 
Amen. See, the, when, you, when you catch fire, see, uh, listen, listen, you can tell, amen, the ones who have caught fire by understanding the grace message because grace ignites the fire in you. It does not cause you to slow down and regress. It causes you to pick up speed. It causes you to want more, desire more. Amen. For yourself, for God, for the house of God. It causes you to want to work, to be, to, to encourage. When you really get a night. You, do you know, amen, all of my life, amen, praise God, you know, I could not understand why the apostles would lay down their life for this message. And I didn't understand it till, amen, praise God, till I understood grace. Now I know why they will lay down their life. Because of what Christ has done for me. And I know what my future holds. Amen. I'm going to even confess to you. That I struggled as a pastor wondering how I was going to even get to heaven. Oh, I, you, you had it all together. Okay, amen. See, at one point in my life, I thought I was doing fairly well. I thought that I was um, doing okay. I was understanding the law. I understood what the do's and don'ts were. I understood what I should not do. And I thought I was doing pretty good because, you know, in the older church where I come from and the churches that I have been a part of, I mean, there's an old saint song they used to sing. And, and some of you may be familiar with it, you know, amen, if you're Pentecostal, amen. They used to sing old songs, say, 99 and a half just won't do. Amen, amen. You, you remember that song, 99 and a half won't do. Amen. And I, my, in my world, I thought, well, I'm not quite at 99, but I'm working on it. I'm probably at about 87. So I'm trying to get to up to the 99 and a half. But then I realized what the song said. The song said the 99 and a half still... So now, amen, I'm in this place of saying, well, God, how can this be? Because if 99, because I, I really felt like, the, you know, if I could do 99 and a half, I'd done pretty good. How many would take a 99 and a half on your grade? You'll walk away feeling pretty good. But in the kingdom of God, when it comes down to the things of God, 99 and a half will not do. Amen, you got to be 100% righteous. Not 99% righteous. Not 99. You got to be on. And so now my struggle was, oh my God, I'm preaching to people that, I mean, trying to tell them they're going to heaven. I don't even know if I'm going. Come on, somebody. I don't even know if I'm going. And you're trying to hold it up and you're trying to, amen, praise God, be, encourage them and tell them, just, just they, they mess up. You say, well, just go back and do the best you can. That's all I can do the best you can. We'll pray for you. You pray for us. Amen. Because I realized, I mean, I looked at the scripture, amen, and when I began to search the scripture, when it really set in on me that I really was hurting and didn't understand and I was struggling and didn't know how to make it. Because I looked at the scripture, I looked at James 4.17. I'm going to read for this from the NLT version of the Bible, the Living Standard um, Bible. James 4 and 17. I read this because I had an idea that I thought I knew what sin was because um, the commandments told me what sin was. And 
thought I had that together and I was working on them 10. I'm trying to, you know, if I get these 10, I, I got it. Then I began to read the Bible and the scripture and began to understand the, how big a problem sin was. Because James said in 417 from the NRT, it says, remember, it is sin to know what, to, what you ought to do and then don't do it. I said, now let me process that. I'm, if it's a sin, when I know what I should do and don't do it, that's a sin. Well, that was in the 10. That was not in the 10. So now I'm saying, okay, so those, that was not in the 10. Then I read over in James 2 and 8 and 11, uh, it says this from the NLT version. It says, yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 9, but if you favor someone, some people over others, you are committing a sin. I said, so I mean, if I favor some people over others, so let me go back and check the 10. Okay. But my point is that the sin problem was bigger than what we could realize. And we was trying to preach the law to get people to obey it in order to, for, they could, for they could be saved. And then even as a pastor, as myself, like I said, I'm standing here going, okay, God, I'm not going to make it. This is it. I'm done because to finish that scripture, it says this verse 10 for the person who keeps all of the law uh, except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all God laws for the same God who said you must not commit adultery also says you must not murder. So if you murder someone, but do not do not commit adultery, you are still broken the law. So now I'm standing here going, okay, this is it. It's over. Okay, God, what do you do? How, who goes to heaven? Because at my best day, once again, I may be 87%. And that's just a number I thought of. But so after reading the scripture, I realized that I had a problem. And I realized I didn't know how to come out of this. It was only until I began to hear Apostle Dale teach concerning grace that I began to allow myself to open myself up to the scripture and begin to understand okay God there's something else here so he helped me as my spiritual father to understand this message of grace and how to live the grace life so I come to you this morning, what I want to talk about for the next few minutes is there got to be harmony in the Bible. We as gospel, when we preach the gospel, the good news of the gospel, when we preach about grace, we're not at war against God's law. We're not at war. There must be harmony. The Bible says that the, the, the old was a shadow of what was to come. So when we preach grace, we're not at war with the law. So I, 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 want, I had to answer this, this first question, what I had to answer, to answer myself to understand the message of grace. 
And that question was, and my title would be, what's wrong with the law? What's wrong with the law? I heard apostles say, if you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong answer. This is one of the most frequently asked questions that I get asked as I go forth preaching and proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is what's wrong with the law? Well, to answer the question correctly, without any hesitation, you have to answer the question, amen, that there's nothing wrong with the law. Amen? But again, if you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong answer. Because if, you, if the answer is there's, there's nothing wrong with the law, then what is all this talk about that we're no longer under the law is if there's something wrong with the law. If you will, I'm gonna read, I want to read Hebrews 8 and 6. Hebrews 8 and 6 from the NLT reads as follows. Now, but now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have not been need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God finds fault with the So there was nothing wrong with the law. When God, we have, to, we have to understand that when God speaks something or God puts something in place, there's nothing wrong with it. There has to be harmony between grace and the law, but I'm going somewhere. Amen. But what you must understand, there's nothing wrong with the law. We're not at war with the law. We're not attacking the law. We're not, we're not as if, amen, we're trying to divide the church in, 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 into the fact that, okay, uh, uh, there's something wrong with God's law. No, I'm going to tell you in a minute, amen, why we believe the way we do and why we have to think the way we think. But if you ask the question, what is wrong with the law? Nothing. There was nothing wrong with the law. The fault was with the people who could not do what? Keep the law. Amen. See, Jesus, God did not send his son because the law said thou shalt not steal. He sent his son because the people he loved just kept on stealing. Amen. I mean, he didn't send his son because the law said thou shalt not commit adultery. He just sent the law because... I mean, he sent, he sent his son because the people he loved kept doing. Come on, somebody. You see, there was nothing wrong with the law. He finds fault with the people. So now, to answer the question, because here's what I'm saying to you. You might have friends that's part of other churches and other ministries and, and things that you talk to and you fellowship and sometimes you try to witness to them and tell them about the good, the grace of God. And, and, but their mindset is surrounded with the law because they've been indoctrinated all their life and they understand it better. So when you try to witness to them, they all of a sudden begin to shoot you down. 
And if you're not careful, they will convince you. All you got to do is just look around and somebody here at this ministry at Grace Point, somebody at Raymond tried to witness to somebody that knew the law better than they understood grace. And they convinced them that this is wrong. So what did they do? They exit. They exit. They left. Oh, I had folk. They left. Because they didn't, they, they heard the grace message, but could not articulate what they have heard. So let me let me let me move on real quickly. I said if you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong answer. So rather than ask what's wrong with the law, we need to ask what was the purpose of the law. What was the purpose of the law? Are you hearing me? So let's look at what the scriptures say that the purpose of the law was. Why was the law given? What was the purpose of the law? Romans 5.20. Romans 5.20, I just want to read this portion of the scripture. It says, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they really were. So the purpose of the law was to show her us how sinful we really were. Amen? So now Romans 3.19 says, Obvious the law applies to those whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses. And to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. So how can we get confused about why we don't need to teach law and grace together? Because teaching the law only shows us how sinful we are. I don't need somebody to come in the church and come in the pulpit and keep telling me that, amen, that, you know, just going to the club, you're going to bust hell wide open. I know that. I understand that. Come on, somebody. I, I, I don't need to hear that. And, you know, there's a lot of churches, amen, that's in the body of Christ that feel like that they are, they have the patent on deliverance. Come on, somebody. They have the patent on deliverance, amen, that when you come into the church, amen, praise God, what they do to you, amen, praise God, that they bring you to the altar, lay hands on you, and try to cast out what's in you. Come on, somebody. But when you go sit back down in your seat, they just reiterate what they was trying to get out of you. So how can you give me freedom and liberty if you're going to try to bring me up and pray for me and call and say casting out the devil in me and, 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 you, and you got this deliverance ministry, but you reinforced of everything that you're trying to get out of me. So how then can, the, can, can that help me? Amen? I'm standing up and I'm preaching to y'all about chocolate cake. I'm telling y'all, look, don't eat chocolate cake because it's bad on you. Don't eat chocolate cake. Don't eat chocolate cake. You shouldn't eat it, so you come up here. I'm going to pray for you to get delivered from chocolate cake. But as soon as you go back to your seat, I'm going to say, listen, remember, don't eat the chocolate cake. That's all I got to tell you. What we have mastered is preaching the problem, but we don't know how to preach the solution. 
We know what the problem is, but we don't know how to preach the solution. I thank God for pioneers like Apostle Dale who know how to preach the solution. But when he preached a solution, amen, the people of God, amen, praise God. So you're not careful, you'll get, you'll get bored with this gospel. And, then, and anytime you get bored with something, how many know, amen, praise God, when people get bored, amen, praise God, they normally find something else to do. Come on, somebody. Amen. And that's, and that's what happened in the church. We're preaching the liberty and freedom of God's grace and telling you how wonderful God is. Amen. And we're telling you, amen, praise God, you're no longer under the law, but you're under grace, praise God. Amen. But because we have this law indoctrinated in us so deeply and that all of our friends, amen, are telling us there's something wrong with you, something wrong with what you're hearing, amen, praise God, because you can't get away from God's law. Well, if you're going to make it to heaven, you better. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we see the scripture here tell us and show us what the law was for. So the question is not what's wrong with the law. Wrong question. Amen. It, rather, we should ask what was the purpose of the law. Okay. Let's look at Galatians 3.23. See what it says. It says there, amen, before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protected custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ did what? Came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through what? So the law was our protector. It kept us. And now that the way of faith has come, we'll no longer need the law for our guardian. Amen? So see, the problem is in the body of Christ I hear what is being preached concerning grace, but I do not, amen, and this is not fussing, this is not getting on nobody, but I say it, so I say it here, amen. But we got to become students of the word. You can't come to church on Sunday and just hear one message. Then run back out and going to tell people about grace. Come here, let me tell you. As soon as you get into a confrontation, not, not say confrontation, but as soon as you got to, amen, begin to expound on what you believe, well, 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 I just know grace is right. I just know that the grace is right. Now, I, I can tell you that. How you know it's right? Because my pastor told me it was right. Amen. That's not good enough. We who hold the truth of the grace of God and what Christ has done, we have an obligation, amen, to the body and to the kingdom, amen, praise God, to arm ourselves, amen, and be able to articulate, to understand, amen, praise God, that I can regurgitate, I can put, lay this out, line upon line, precept upon precept. I can let you know what I mean when I say, amen, there are some people, there are some churches in the organization, all that, they spend time in the word, they study the word, they make sure, sure that when they knock on your door, they're ready for you. Amen. And the best we can do is, is, is on Sunday, we bring our Bible to church. Come on, I'm not getting on my body. Can I just talk for a minute? Amen. Amen. We bring our Bible. We, today, for the first time, this is probably the first time most people have picked up their Bible. It's Sunday. We ask that age old question where's my Bible? But we should be the grace point. We, should, we, should, we are the front runners, we have the message. It should not be a day go by that you're not excited about the word of God. 
See, a lot of, lot, of, lot of people will gravitate to a place where they can come in where I ain't got to hear about sin. Come on. But that should not be what motivate you. What motivate you is that you understand the goodness of God. That you understand in me how good God is. You understand the love of God. And you want to share that experience, that freedom, that liberty that I have. I want to share it with somebody. I need to tell somebody in me how good God is because I was messed up. I was on my way to hell. I didn't understand. But when I began to have an encounter with God to deal with the grace of God, then all of a sudden, amen, praise God, amen, some boldness stood up in me. I was able to look the enemy in the eye and say, no longer will you use my resume against me. Can I get a witness in this house? Amen. But I'm going to use, when I come up against the enemy, I don't pull out my resume about what I did because the enemy can look at you and say, yeah, you see that right there? That means you're going to hell you see you did that that going to hell I no longer use my resume but I use the resume of heaven I use amen what Christ has done for me I let them know what Christ has done I tell them the good news I tell them it's no more my righteousness but it's his righteousness it's no more what I've done it's, amen, I don't have to perform all I got to do is believe that what he said and because I believe it amen praise God I know that I'm saved come on somebody Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. I was talking to some, I, I was talking to some people the other day. Someone dear to us passed. Amen. Praise God. And they looked at me and said, "You know what? They was a believer, but I don't know where they went to." Amen. You know why they don't? Because they are law indoctrinated, and they're trying to figure out the last thing that they saw them do where they broke the law. See, they're trying to figure out, well, wait a minute, no, they did that, so I don't know if they repented of that or not. Amen. At the church, I asked, at the church, I asked people at the church, I said, look, okay, so if, you know, if this repentance for every sin is the way we get to heaven, that we got to repent over every time I've got to remember to repent because I did something. If that's the way, then I've given this scenario. I said, so what happened if you do something? Sinful. Amen. But before you was able to repent, you just dropped dead. So you're telling me then, I spent all my life serving God. And because I forgot to repent over this one thing. So my question to you is, if that happened to a believer, where did they go? Now, based upon the law principle, you say they go to hell because they didn't repent. Listen, church, if we had to repent over everything because you, we don't fully understand the, the, the whole scope of how big the sin problem was. Come on, somebody. I mean, no, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I did not know, but I know now. I did not understand, but I understand now. I know that heaven is my home. I know, amen, praise God, who I am. I know who I believe. I know that God loves me. I know, because why? Because of his grace. I know. Are you hearing me? Amen. So now, I just want to show you the 
that was the, the, the law was our guardian. It was our schoolmaster. Uh, it taught us. It showed us sin. That's what the law was for. That's what the purpose of the law. So the question is, there's nothing wrong with the law. You just got to understand what the purpose of the law was. So when you talk to people, the witness of people, and you can talk to them about the law, just tell them, say, look, I understand what the purpose of the law was. And that purpose has been fulfilled. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So let's ask you a question. What happened to the law? Next question. What happened to the law? I want to read you, amen, praise God. And this is coming from the, I didn't give him this, but this is coming from the New King James Version, Romans 10, 1. The New King James Version, Romans 10, 1 through verse 4. Answering the question, what happened to the law? What was, what, when did the law, what happened to the law as far as the end of it? Look at Romans 10, 1. Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. They being ignorant of God righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes so Christ now becomes what what happened to the law Christ became Christ became the end of the law when Christ showed up we no longer needed the law come on somebody so see we're not preaching amen so much that that, that there's a problem with the law, amen. It wasn't the problem with the law, it was the problem with the people. Amen. Amen. So when you hear apostles say things, because I had people come to me and say, well, you know, your apostle said that he wouldn't give two cents for the law. I said, yeah, well, well, okay, neither would I. I mean, you understand what I'm, you have to understand, okay? Because what he's saying is simply this, that, I mean, if you try to, uh, 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 get the law put back up in places and things. Amen. You must understand that all the law do is remind you of sin. It's not that there was nothing wrong with the law, but how many know the Bible says that? Paul said, I would have not known sin and left the law. I would not known covenants that the law says thou shalt not covenant. So what the law does, I mean, the law causes all kind of desire. It wakes up, I mean, what's, it arouses what's in you. So when I preach the law, if I stand up and preach law to you, all this is going to do is, is arouse, amen, what's lurking in you. So how can, how can you, we have friends that we can go and witness to, but yet they can be more convincing on their stand of law than we can present our stand on grace? We got to understand this. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying here this morning? So what happened to the law? He says, amen, that, that how that Christ become the end of the law. See, so now I can preach this. So now I finally, amen, by understanding grace, I finally realized, you know what? Man, when I put my faith in Christ, I'm free. When I believe the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, I am now the righteousness of God without performance. I do not have to try to perform to please my father. Come on, somebody. 
Amen. And this, and this is what happens. Amen. Now watch this. Just because I say that I don't have to perform to please him, but because I understand his love and grace for me, amen, praise God. Oh, my God, I'm fixing to go to work. Amen. I'm fixing to tell everybody about the goodness of God. I'm fixing to share this good news to everyone. Amen. Listen here, Grace Point. Listen here, Rainbow. Amen. What we should do, amen, we should get on fire. We should have a zeal for God. We should understand that in spite of everything I did, God still loves me. Amen. Through everything I've been through, God still loves me. Amen. Praise God. And because he loved me, my God, amen, I want to tell the good news of Christ. I want to tell the world, listen, man, it's not how many days you done fast. It's not how long you done pray. It's not all the good things you call yourself has done. It's about what Christ has done for me. His righteousness has been deposited in my account. Now I'm sons and daughter of the most high. Now I know who I am. I know what I believe. Can I get a witness in this house? And now I want to go out and tell the world, amen, who God is. I want to let them know that Jesus saved. I want to let them know, amen, praise God, that we have a father who loves us. We have a God who cares. Amen. I'm not alone in this world. Amen. My friends may walk out on me. People may, may abandon me, but my God shall stand by me. My God shall see me through. I wish I had a church that would rise up and begin to praise God. Sometimes you just got to get radical. Sometimes we praise too quietly. Can I get a witness in this house? Sometimes I can't pit a prayer. Amen. I got to come through and just let the devil know. Amen. Praise God. I will not be moved. I will not take down. Amen. I have victory in Christ. Uh, this is my day of healing. This is my day that I am know that I'm free. Amen. I'm leaving out of this house today. Not like I came in. I might have came in with my head down, but the day, amen, I lift up my head. I rise and know that my God is able and that I am made whole in Jesus Christ. With the church of the living God, give God a heck of a praise in this house. Come on, somebody. Listen, y'all, we have the right message. We have the right word. Amen. But we got to do it, man. Praise God. The kingdom of heaven suffer violent and the violent take it by force. It's time to let, amen, the enemy know that, amen, praise God, we are going forth. Amen. Don't allow what your eyes to see to cause you to slow down. Amen. Sometimes, amen, some people have to, have, have to go, but you got to tell God, I'm here to stay and I'm fixing to go to work. Amen. How am I going to go to work? I'm going to tell everybody I meet because I understand what Christ did for me. I'm going to be a witness for my Lord. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise in here. Hallelujah. Listen. Amen. I want to read for you that same verse, Romans 10:1, and I'm going to be done. Out of the, what, what they call the CJB. Bible, CJB, Complete Jewish Bible. It reads 10 and 1 as this, Romans 10 1. It says, Brethren, my heart, deepest desire, and my prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. For I can testify to their zeal for God, but it's not based on correct understanding. For since they are unaware of God's way of making people righteous, and instead seek to, seek to set up their own way. He says they have not submitted themselves to God's way of making people right, righteous. For the goal at which the Torah aims is the Messiah. 
Amen. Are you hearing me? For the goal at which the Torah aims is the Messiah, which offers righteousness to everyone who trusts in him. Amen. Do you know the aim of the Torah, the aim of the law, the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible? Amen. Do you know how often amen, praise God, the Jews, they go back and read and rehearse and memorize those first five books of the Bible? There's, there, there are rabbis who, who, can, who can recite those whole books without even opening them open up. Because, amen, they understand the law. As we preach grace, we're not at war with the law. We just simply understand what the law could not do. The law could not save us. And not because there was something wrong with it, but because of the weakness of our flesh, because of our sinful nature. But how many know him? Because there's pastors out there preaching. I was, I mean, I was dealing with pastors the other day, and the first thing they tell me, no, you got a, you got, you, you got a sin nature and you got a, a, a divine nature. You know? It's like saying that, you know, Something could be hot and cold at the same time. Either hot or it's cold. Amen? We have put our faith in Jesus Christ, and now we are partakers of his divine nature. Amen? Listen, church, all I come to tell you today, when you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong answer. There's nothing wrong with the law. The question should be, what was the purpose of the law? What happened to the law is that Christ became the end of the law. The law could not save us. We needed something better. And now I can understand and know that I am the righteousness of God. Amen. Listen, we got to quit being in intimidated. We have to get, listen, we got to get in our, we got to get in our word. We got, to be, we got to study. We got to show ourselves approved. We got to be able to go back. And I'm going to tell you something. You got a whole library. I will even ask somebody to raise their hand or nothing like that. But just think about it. How many times have you spent going back and listening to any of the sermons Apostle had preached? That's my personal library. Oh, yes. Because it was, it's so rich that you can't get it all. And the problem that we have, we have it right at our fingertips. We have the ability to go back and learn and understand and be able to, amen, present the anyone in our case dealing with the grace of God. But what we do, amen, praise God, we look for the preacher, our pastor to do everything. Amen. You know, don't bring nobody to me, amen, talking about amen. If you start a conversation with somebody, amen, you should be able to finish it. If you start a conversation, you should be able to finish it. If you're going to start witnessing somebody about the grace of God and they begin to ask you questions, you ought to be able to finish that conversation. If you can't finish that conversation, you need to say, you know what I need to do? I'm going to go home, amen, praise God. I'm going to get my word, amen, and I'm going to go into the archives of tapes, amen, praise God, that we have, amen, that apostles done preach, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to just, I'm going to listen and I'm going to build myself up. Amen. You, for five years, for five years, you're looking at someone who done that because I value what he preaches, 
it's got to be more than just you saying I'm walking with someone. You got to value, amen, you don't have to go, and what's wrong sometimes, amen, praise God, amen, we, 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 we hear what, is, we hear, hear our apostle, we hear our pastor preaching his heart out, giving us the word of God, amen, and instead of us think, valuing those things, amen, sometimes we'll go out and try to establish our own little word. Hello. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. We have a pioneer in this house that has went before God, had done all of these things, and now, amen, he's anchored in teaching, amen, this grace message. Are you hearing me? And we should be thankful, amen. Listen, church, you can't hide out in here. Come on, somebody. You can't hide out in here. Everybody got to show up, amen, with the game face on. Come on, somebody. How many know, amen, praise God, amen. If George would have showed up with the game face on. <laughs> all us fans wouldn't be standing up here going, man. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We all, we, we all looking around here going, man, and we still can't, we still in shock. <laughs> I got up this morning, amen, and then somebody on some, it wasn't even a, a sports channel, it was a news channel, amen, and they wanted to tell, oh, a uh, uh, big upset, in the, I'm like, I turned the channel. <laughs> Why? Because they didn't show up with the game face on. Can I get a witness in this house? Listen, Grace Point, listen, Rainbow. Every day we got to show up with that game face home. We got to get in that word. We got to study that word. Amen. If you pick it up your Bible only on Sunday, if you just hear what apostles are preaching one time and you just going on with your merry way, forgetting about it, amen, praise God. Amen. That is an adoption. That, that is a strike against you because that word is so rich. You see, amen. What happened, amen, praise God. Amen. I mentioned to the amen to the church. I mean, mentioned to the rainbow. Sometimes, amen, praise God. See, we get fat on stuff and we just, amen, so rich in it that we just begin to take it for granted. Granted. Do you know, amen, praise God, I went to several churches preaching, amen, and them folks, were, I mean, praise God, they, I mean, well, this particular one church, let me put it in that way, amen, and do you know, amen, praise God, they have been wanting me, they begging me to come back, please come back and tell us more. Amen. The message is right. But when will we get the courage? I'm telling you, listen, listen to me, and I'm done. 12 o'clock, done. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. But listen, the message, the, we got to, listen, sometimes you got to grab, if you, you said by anybody, just grab the hand and say, look, it's times you got to quit being soft. Amen. You just, sometimes, sometimes you got to become radical. Sometimes, amen, you just got to let people know, amen, praise God, that Jesus say, I love him. I'm a child of God, amen, praise God, and I love him. He's my father, and let me tell you about this good news of God's grace. Hallelujah, amen, praise God, that God love us so, amen, praise God, amen. I never, I mean, you know, I, I never knew he loved me like this. It was always how much I love him. Have you ever just tried to love God? I'm going to love God more, I'm going to love God more, amen, praise God. I tried to love him, amen, I kept on just sliding back down the pole. Then I realized... He first loved me. So what does it mean that I don't have, but we're no longer under the law? What does that mean to me? I don't have to perform. Amen. I, I know that I am the righteousness of God because it is what he's done for me. 
Amen. It is not me trying to achieve righteousness, but I have received righteousness. You see, all the law does is going to remind you, if I get up here today and preach the law to you, the Bible says, all it's going to do is arouse sinful desires. You got to answer this one question. Do you believe what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus coming? He said, behold, the Lamb of God who take away the sin of the world. Now that, you got you to answer that question. Do you believe that? Because if you believe that Jesus took away sin, you, you also must believe he had to do away with the law. Why? Because the law is what gave sin its power. So I can't keep law and Christ took away sin. The Bible says that. That law, Paul said that I was alive once without the law. He said, but when the law was revealed, when the law came, he Paul said, I died. Because without the law, sin have no power. And without sin, death has no power. So when Christ came and took away sin, he also took us from under the law. He also conquered death. The Bible says, man, that anyone that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ has passed from death to life. I buried my, we buried my father-in-law yesterday. And all I could tell them was, any man who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ has passed from death to life. Church, you'll never die. Somebody said, well, what happened to him? See, you don't understand what Jesus said. It's a, it's a mystery. But I know this. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Come on, y'all. God bless you today. I love you. May heaven shine upon you. Look, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. This same message that y'all been hearing here every Sunday, man, look, through, the, through, my, through my spiritual father, Apostle Dale, amen, we've been preaching and teaching that message. See, what you see here sometimes can be discouraging because sometimes you look around and you see what well, so-and-so in here and so-and-so in here, but this is a kingdom message. There's people everywhere is being blessed by what is happening here. And if we would just get as excited as the other people that's not here, amen, you'll walk in this place and you wouldn't have a seat. Come on. Amen. Again, let's get the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. So we're going to call, amen, our elders, the ministry team up. Amen. And if anyone here today need prayer, you desire prayer, amen, we want you to come. Amen. And sometimes, amen, we have needs, but sometimes, amen, 
you may just want to come and ask God for prayer to be more diligent about his word. Lord, I want to be more diligent. I want to have more discipline when it comes down to reading and studying your word so I can be a witness, so I can be your witness. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and he want to use you. We don't have to, we don't have to wonder are we going to make it? Do we have the right message? We have the right message. What we need to do is begin to open our mouth and begin to tell the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you come on and stand to your feet? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, there's so much more that you put on my heart to say and to do, but Lord, because of time, maybe there will be another time, and I know it will. But Lord, this house, this ministry, our apostle, God has been a pioneer for the gospel. And Lord God, any time that you step out and you, be, and you become a front runner in any region, in any area, Lord, you're going to be criticized. Lord God, but your word declare, let us not be weary in well-doing because in due season we reap if we faint not. So Lord, let us continue to hold our head up. Lord, let us continue to hold the man of God up. Let us continue, God, to pray and to give and to be a blessing. Father, that even now as I speak and I prophesy even now in this house, that God, the day is coming and it shall come. That this place will be filled and running over. That Father, right now, God, because of the work, because of the heart of the men of God, Lord God, we will see this increase. We will see your blessing overflow in this place. And I speak this in this atmosphere even now, God. Because, Lord, I know that, Lord God, that when the grace message is preached and the hearts of the people begin to clearly see the scales fall off and they can clearly see, God, what the message really is, they will come to this place. They will seek out this place. They will seek out other places, God, that will preach and teach this grace message of love and that we have a heavenly Father that loves us. And, Father, I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus let every heart, God, we come against and we pray right now, God, that everyone here in the sound of my voice, God, God, will begin to build themselves up by being diligently seeking in your word and understanding your word so we can go out and be witness for you. In Christ's name, we do pray and we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And let everyone say amen. Amen. Again, you are dismissed in Jesus' name. If you desire prayer, please come. Amen.